Today we are talking about facing your giants. Not to be confused with the movie, Facing the Giants. Totally different. No copyright here whatsoever. <laughs> this has the word your. <laughs> and what does that even mean? Well, there are things in our lives that have felt big. You know, I, I was talking to the team this morning. I, for those of you who may or may not know, we have a Bible school here in our campus in Albemarle, North Carolina. We have a Bible school called Impact University. And I have been given the honor and the privilege of being a part of the master's program I'm going through right now. And part of being in the master's program is you have to write a thesis. That thesis is 50 pages. Well, when I stepped in to the master's program, I did not know that I would also be pregnant at the time of being in the master's program. So this project is due at some point in the spring. So is my baby. <laughs> and so just thinking of the, and this is a very small thing. We're going to dive into the word, but this is kind of where it came from. This project has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger in my head. The more I've thought on it, the more I have meditated on, this seems like a really big thing. I have this due and I, this project is due X, Y, Z. There's a deadline coming up actually next Tuesday for me. And anytime I would think on it, keyword think, anytime I'd meditate on it, it just seemed to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And this morning when I was praying at 6 a.m. prayer, I, I sensed the Holy Spirit telling me I needed to start on it today. Like I needed to do it. And I can't tell you how much my flesh did not want to do this thing. <laughs> like my flesh wanted nothing to do with this project. And I came home and I had breakfast and I knew I needed to sit down and I opened up my computer and stared at this document. And I was like, I, I don't know, I, I don't know. <laughs> and I did that for I don't know how long. And then really a few minutes into it, I felt, I sensed the Lord just reminding me that he was there to help me do it. It wasn't just up to me to do. He was there to help me do it. And I trusted in that, you know, for in my head, this project has seemed huge. But when the Lord himself says, I'm here to help you do this, then all of a sudden what seems big isn't big anymore because the creator of the universe is with us. And what I was telling the team is this morning, I got stuff knocked out. It didn't seem like a lot, but all of a sudden it started flowing and my thoughts started going in the right direction. They got organized. Why? Because instead of running from something that seemed big, hard, and scary, I faced it with the Lord. And so today, what we're going to be talking about is facing those things that seem difficult, facing those things that are presenting themselves as giants in our life, because we're never alone. And put that in the comments right now. First thing, I am never alone. I am never alone. I am never alone. And just say that out loud. I am never alone because sometimes our brain needs to remember that. We need to remind our spirit. He, Timothy is told by Paul, stir up the gift that's within you. Our personal responsibility is to stir up the reminder of who we are, whose we are, who we're kept by. In those moments when things just seem big, we need to remind, remember, I am never alone. I am not facing this by myself. 
So how is it then that we'll look at stuff and all of a sudden it seems gigantic? I'm so glad you asked. Let's go to 1 John 4. We're going to hop quite a few places in the Word today as long as the Lord sticks with what I believe he told me earlier. But he said, I'm never alone. Abby, Joni, Kevin, Kelly, Hannah, Johnny says, I am never alone. Amen. We're never alone. So in 1 John 4, we're going to, part of this is we're going to be talking about fear. Because if you listen to the story that I just told about this project that I'm working on, what, when you boil all of that down, what is that? It was fear. There was a fear that this project was bigger than me. It was a fear that I wouldn't be able to handle it. It was a fear that I wouldn't have the time to do it. Whatever it was, it was fear that was trying to present itself as a giant in my life. And what we need to remember is anything, and put this in the comments, anything that presents itself higher than God is a lie. Anything that presents itself higher than God is a lie. You know, God is higher than the highest. And so those things that come against us and try to make us seem intimidated or big or whatever, if it's saying, I'm higher than you, it, I'm higher than the Lord, it's a lie. And so what do we do? First John 4 verse 18 says, there's no fear in love. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loves us is what 1 John 4, 19 says. So in order to get fear out, we have to abide in his love. We have to abide in his love. Put that in the comments. Number one, to get rid of fear, I must abide in his love. To get rid of fear, I must abide in his love. And that's not a hard thing. We've been talking for weeks now about the two parts of life, how to receive from God. That was all last week, how to receive from God. We just receive. We just step into his presence. And often I think what happens is we, we just start thinking. Well, our brain is just like whirring all the time. It tries to whir all the time. And so in these moments where things seem big or overwhelming or pressure-filled or weighty, our brain goes into the list of, well, I have to do this and this and this and this and this. The first thing we have to do is we have to step into his presence and step into that love because God is love. Love is God. In order for that peace to come, in order for there to be a supply, we have to abide in his love. And in his love, there's no room for fear. You know, the Lord has told me this in prayer several, several times over the last couple of years. He brought it up again this morning. Our God is an all-consuming fire. He's an all-consuming fire. Well, what does that mean for us? If we abide in him, we're in that fire too. We're not destroyed in the fire. We are if we're worldly and we're bringing sin and death and things of that nature. But as soon as we become born again, we're made a new creation. We're made a new creature. And so when we step into the fire of God, 
that fire, it's a refining fire for us. But for everything that's not of God, the fire of God is a protectant. It's a preserving agent. In the fire, I'm protected, I'm preserved, and I am purified. In the fire, I'm protected, I'm preserved, and I'm purified. So when we're in Him, we're in His love, that love is a protecting agent. Put that in the comments. Love is a protecting agent. He's not setting us up to be hurt. It's not the worldly love that we see now. Like, oh, I love you so much. Oh, I love you too. Oh, I love this banana bread. The banana bread is great. That, I loved that movie. No, there's, there's something different about the agape love of God. It's eternal and it's a protecting agent. Jesus prayed that we would be in the world but kept from the evil one, kept, which means cannot be touched, cannot be hurt by, cannot be destroyed by, cannot be overcome by. We are kept from the evil one. Where are we kept? In his love. When we're in his love, nothing touches us. Nothing comes near us. How can perfect love cast out fear? Because fear is not a part of love. And if you're in his love, anything anti-Jesus can't come in. It can't come in. You're kept. There's a security in his love. It's not some hyperbolic, weird, like emotional thing of the Lord loves me. I'm just going to weep about like, I'm, I mean, you can have moments where the emotion of it hits us, but he's not an emotional God. He's a protecting deliverer. He's a protecting defender. He's a God who keeps us from every antichrist thing in and around our lives. He's a good God, and he desires for his children to be blessed, to be kept, to be preserved. You know, if you will go to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel 3 is about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so he's talking about you know, King Nebuchadnezzar had made this golden image and there was a decree that had been made that in order to basically stay alive, everybody had to worship this golden image. And that's what everybody did. As soon as the sound was blasted, everybody had to go ahead and worship this golden image. And so they did, except for these three. And in Daniel 3.12 you know, you have a guy who's ratting them out and he says, there are certain Jews whom you have appointed over the administration. He's talking to King Nebuchadnezzar, who you've appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have disregarded you. They did not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. And he says, then Nebuchadnezzar in rage and anger gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then these men were brought before the king and he's talking to them and he's like, is it true that you did not worship the image that I created? And he says, now, if you are ready at the moment, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe and all kinds of music fall down and worship the image I have made very well. But if you do not worship, you'll be immediately cast into the midst of a furnace, a blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? So this situation is way bigger than my project for school that I was working on. This is literally a life or death situation in front of them. It's either 
dishonor the Lord that you serve by bowing before this false God or be thrown into the fire where logic would say you're going to die. That's a pretty big thing. That's a giant that's trying to present itself to them as bigger than the Lord that they serve. He literally said, what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? See, here's the thing. God's that try things that try to present themselves as higher than God, the Lord Almighty, Jehovah Jireh, they mock him. They try to make us doubt him. Why? Because doubt causes us to step out of the love relationship. If we doubt, we step out. If we doubt, we step out. That's what happened with Eve. Eve walked with the Lord and here comes the serpent to tempt her to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that God said, don't eat of this. And the serpent caused her to doubt the word of the Lord. And then Adam stepped into false unity with his wife and sin came, but it came out of a doubt out of a doubt that God really loved them, that God wanted the very best for them. And so that's what's being set up here. It was a giant of doubt placed in front of them. What are you going to do, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Are you going to bow or are you going to burn? Which way are you going to go with this thing? Are you going to do what I'm telling you to do or are you going to be tossed in the fire? And surely your God's not going to save you there. That's what's being said. And honestly, how many times have we faced stuff like that, that try and say, your God can't deliver you from this. Your God can't really help you with this. Your God helps other people, but he's not going to help you. It's hogwash. Anything that tries to say your God can't is a lie because your God is the God who can. He is faithful. He is able. Jesus Christ has made all things possible for the people who believe in him and are obedient and love him and serve him. There's no limit to what our God can do. Our God is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the great I am that I am. He speaks and it's done. It's done the moment God opens his mouth. It's done the moment he breathes. Our God is capable of anything except failing. He can't fail. He will never fail. So what did they do? They spoke back to the king. This isn't just some peasant on the street. This is the king of the nation. And they said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us out of the fire, out of the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. See, here's the thing. A lot of people, I know I was taught it that, well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't really know. They didn't really know God. No, here's the thing. How can you face your giant? With fellowship. We are able to face fears. We are able to conquer fears. We're able to conquer giants because of the fellowship that we have with our king. And that's what they had. They weren't doubting. They literally started off saying, our God is able. Say that. My God is able able to deliver me. My God is able to deliver me. 
And what is it? That's us confessing the word because he is able. It's reminding our our flesh, our soul, our spirit of who our father is. And he is able. He is faithful. But because of their fellowship, they felt confident to say, but even if he were not to, we're not doing this. So what happened? They were thrown into the fire. They heated it up more than it had been before. That literally the men that threw them into the fire died. Like they were burned up. It says the king's command was urgent. The furnace had been made extremely hot, not just hot, but extremely hot. The flame of the fire slew those men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace of the, of the blazing fire, still tied up. So the fire was so hot that it killed the men that brought these three to the fire, but yet it didn't touch their bonds at that point. They were thrown tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king was astounded and stood up in haste. And he says, was it not three men we cast bound into the midst of the fire? And they said, certainly, basically like, uh, yeah. (laughs) And he said, look, I see four men loosed. God loosed them in the fire. He loosed them in the fire. They may have been bound before they stepped in, but when they stepped in, every bondage was broken off. Those bondages were destroyed in the fire. In the fire, the protecting agent freed them, but it wasn't just them in the fire. They saw a fourth man. There was a fourth man in the fire with them. And the fourth is like a son of the gods. The fourth is like a God. Who was that fourth man? That fourth man is your man. It's Jesus who was in there. It was the Lord God Almighty in the fire with them. See, the Lord tells us in Isaiah 43, go there if you will. Isaiah 43 says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overtake you. When you walk, Through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. Why? Because God is with you. You have a God who doesn't send you through the fire by yourself. He's in the fire with you. He walks through the shadow uh, or the valley of the shadow of the death with you. You're never alone. That's why we said it at the very beginning. I'm never alone. I'm never separated. I am kept with God. See, and that's why we can go and we can conquer triumphantly because if Jesus overcame the world, which he did, and first John tells us that, then I can overcome the world. I can overcome the world because Jesus overcame the world and he knows how to do it. If he's with me, he's doing it with me. I'm not doing it by myself. He's helping me. He's guiding me. He's my teacher. He's my helper. The spirit of the living God is on the inside of me. And if Jesus can do it, so can I. And when that comes alive in us, all of a sudden things change Because the mentality of I've got to struggle to go through this or it's going to be hard, it's going to be heavy, but I'll get through the other side and God will be pleased with me. No, God's pleased with you now and he wants to go through it with us. That way it's shorter. Listen to that again. Do not fear. You read through this word and it tells us not to fear hundreds of times. But this is just one of them. Do not fear for I have redeemed you. 
You've been redeemed. Our flesh is, has tried to be so sin conscious that the moment a pressure or a weight or something big comes, it's, well, I could never do this on my own or God could never help me do this because X, Y, Z. No, he's redeemed us. We are bought with a price and that price was the blood of the lamb and we've been redeemed into the very image of Jesus himself. We have been redeemed. He says, I have called you by name. You are mine. Just let that hit you for a second. We are his. We've been bought, redeemed, and chosen. We are his. We're his. We don't belong to anybody else. We're his. Just meditate on that for a second. You belong to the Lord. Think of your most treasured possession that you have. Are you flippant with it? Do you throw it? Do you just haphazardly put it different places? Or do you esteem it and you know where it is? Like for me, my most treasured possession, if I were to have one, is the engagement ring that my husband gave me. I know where this engagement ring is at all times. I have a special place I put it when I am doing things with my hands so it doesn't get dirty. I wear it. I clean it. I take care of it. I'm not just handing it off to people to look at it. It's something that I esteem. And this is a ring. Like, I mean, it's beautiful, but it's a ring. We are God's possession. We're bought by him. We belong to him. If we wouldn't treat our most valuable possession flippantly, God's not going to allow things to happen to us because he's a good father. He doesn't buy stuff just to watch it get destroyed. He bought us because of the pure love in his heart for us. When we pass through the waters, I will be with you. When we're going through waters, he's there with us. Through the rivers, they will not overflow us. Why? Because if the storm didn't overcome Jesus and the disciples, a river's not going to overcome you and the Lord. A storm couldn't overcome Jesus and the disciples. A river's not overcoming you and the Lord. It can't. He's too good. He's too good. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched. We are designed to go through. Turn to Psalm 23. We've been quoting it. We might as well actually just read it directly. Psalm 23. I could say it verbatim, but I like having it in front of me. That way I don't get even a word wrong. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness, even though I walk through. See, a lot of times we'll pause. We'll say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but no, 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 no. Even though I walk through, we're not camping in that valley. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. See, even in the valley of the shadow of death, we're the ones walking, but the Lord's the one with us. 
We're doing it. We're doing the actual item. It's not like God came down and typed my paper for me today and I just sat and watched him. No, there is something I needed to physically do, but the Lord was with me and told me what to do, how to say it, where to go, where to look. He's with us. So we may be the physical body to go through, but you've gotten on the present God who is there with you all of the time. And there is no thing that you will face that I will ever face where God is separated from you. Romans 8. I told you we were going all over the place when it came to the word today. But here's the thing. More than one witness in the word lends legitimacy to what's being said. You don't have, we don't have to believe that we're on our own. And that's what the enemy tries to do so often is make us get isolated or make us think that we're alone. You know, Marky this morning, she sent me a text message, which is something that was, uh, that she was thinking about. And what I sent back to her was, you know what? The Lord already brought that up to me today, that you were going to be experiencing this. He already had me pray for you. And this is what he told me to say back. She was not alone in it. The Lord loved her enough to place her on my heart. So that way I could be praying for her. But so often when we're in the middle of that valley of the shadow of death, when we're facing a giant, we feel like it's just us versus the giant, but we're not alone. Even when that fire looked empty and scary, the Lord was in the midst of the fire for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They went in and he was there. He was there. There is no thing we will ever face where the Lord is not with us. He is faithful. He's a faithful God. You know, we had a, we had a minister come to the church here once back in 2017, I want to say. I'm pretty sure it was 2017, either that or 2018, but it was around there. And he was a very unique minister. He hasn't been back since. He's from another country, I believe if I'm remembering which one it was correctly. But in this service, he just he was ministering on the wholeness of God and just the sozo love of God, the completeness of the love of God. See that the woman with the issue of blood, when she pursued the Lord, when her faith reached out and touched the anointing and she was made whole, it wasn't just her physical healing that came in. It was her emotional healing, her spiritual healing, everything she needed. She was sozoed in that moment, completely restored. So... When this minister came during the ministry time that night, I don't even think he laid hands on many people, but I remember being at the altar and there was something that had hurt me for a long time in my life. It was, it was probably one of the deepest like wounds that had come from not having a relationship with the Lord and just things that had happened. And I'm, I'm sitting at the altar and it's, I'm just talking to the Lord and he began to take me through some of the worst moments in my life and showed me where he was in those moments. He's like, it was my mercy that came in right here for you. It was my mercy that was here. This didn't happen because I was here. And I started to see that even in my darkest times, what I considered to be my darkest times, the Lord was there through every single one of them. And I saw him and I saw his goodness and I saw his grace. And all of a sudden that sozo healing came in for me surrounding that situation because I realized I hadn't even gone through it by myself. The Lord was there with me the whole time, even though I didn't see him. He was still there because he loved me. When I was an enemy of his, he was still there. He loved me enough. He loved me enough. He loves you enough to be with you through everything you're facing. 
He loves you enough to not only face it with you, but to give us the overwhelming victory through it. That's what 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, but thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ. Always. How can we always triumph? In Christ. When we're in Christ, we win. When we're in his love, there's no giant that can overtake you. But we've got to be in him. In his love is where there's that fullness of joy. In his love is where that, there's that supply for what's needed. Romans 8. We're going we're gonna to start at 31. What then shall we say to these things? And he's talking about the love of God, the grace of God, how we were chosen and predestined by God. And says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? <laughs> like, if God's for you and he is, who could be against you? Who could choose anybody other than you? You know, God's for you. God's for you. God's for you. God's for you. Man may not choose you. The world may say no, but God chose you. He chose you. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? You need wisdom? Great. Wisdom is less weighty than Jesus. He'll give that to you. <laughs> like we need saving. He already did that with Jesus. He'll do it again today. You need supply and provision? Done. He gave us his most valued possession when he gave us Jesus. He gave us his son. He's not holding anything back from us. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God's the one who justifies. God's the one who condemns. Or who is the one who condemns? Sorry, God's the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Now this is the part I want us to think about as we go into the rest of this. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Who's going to separate us? Will tribulation, trials, will distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Verse 37, but in all these things, actually no, verse 36, just as it is written, for your sake we are put, being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. These situations don't sound good. Trials, persecutions, Lord, we're dying. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer, how? Through him. Through him, through him, in him, in Christ, we win. In him, we don't fear. In him, we're supplied. In him, we have all things that we need. In him, in him. As we're in him, there's nothing, nothing that we're missing. There's nothing that's broken as we're in him. Verse 38, we conquer through him who? who loved us. Verse 37, he loves us. We conquer through him because he loved us. He chose us. That's why at the very beginning, we talked about receiving the love of God because, because of his love, we can abide in his love. He loved us enough to deem us worthy to be in the fire of God, to deem us worthy to stay in the position of being loved by God. And so because he loves us, we can go to verse 38. For I'm convinced that neither death, 
nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's good news. Because what did we say about the love? The love is that protecting agent. It's the supply that we need. It's the power. So if nothing can separate us from the love of God, then nothing can separate us from the supply of God. If nothing can separate us from the love of God, then nothing can separate us from the protection of God. If nothing can separate us from the love of God, then nothing can separate us from the wisdom of God. They're not separate things. God is love. He is wisdom. He is protection. He is good and only good and nothing but good. So if there's nothing that can separate us from him, then we can face anything and know we have victory because I'm in him. I'm kept in him. I'm protected in him and I can face anything. I can face anything. Put that in the comments. I can face anything because I'm in Jesus. I can face anything because I'm in Jesus. There is no weapon formed against you that'll prosper. This is where that comes from. There's no weapon. There's, Lord, every fiery dart that was formed against you, it has to be extinguished by the time it reaches you, if it reaches you. Because if you're in him, it can't touch you. It'll bounce off like a Nerf bullet. It's not gonna touch you. It's gonna get to the fire and either be extinguished or just bounce right off like water off a duck's back. It cannot touch you. It can't. It can't. If we're in him, it can't touch you. If we're in him, it can't touch you. It can't. But that comes. How do we get to this place? We have fellowship with him. See, it's that fellowship. That's how we're in him. We can't just say today, okay, Lord, I receive you. I'm in you. And then we don't talk to him through the rest of the day. No, it's a fellowship. It's a back and forth. We've got to know him. Kevin put it in the comments a little bit ago. I can't... I, I can't see it. The comment's gone away. But basically he was saying you can't have revelation of someone you don't know. Yeah, he said it is impossible to have fellowship. I, we already scrolled past it. It's okay. That's basically the paraphrase. It's impossible to have fellowship with somebody that you don't know. Yeah, that's what it said. It's impossible to have fellowship with someone you do not know. You can't be in fellowship if you don't know him. As we get to know him, this becomes more and more real. And here's what will happen. We'll have these moments where it's like the high, where the, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So right now in this moment, I know faith is being built up. I know it's in there. Like I, I can sense that it's growing. It's growing inside of me. So in this moment, it's yes, I can overwhelmingly conquer and we can. But what happens 20 minutes, two hours 20 days from now when a thing comes up and it's been a minute since we've heard this teaching. That's where we have to stir up the gift that's inside of us. Remind ourselves of this relationship. Remind ourselves of who God is. There's, a, there's this confession that we go through a good bit here at the church. It's called Father You Are. And I'm not going to, I don't know all of it verbatim every single bit because it's lengthy. But it's reminding ourselves of who the Lord is. You know, Father, you are greater than the greatest. You are bigger than the biggest. You are higher than the highest. You are better than the best. 
You are greater than the greatest, Lord. You are richer than the richest. You're deeper than the deepest. You are bigger than the biggest. You weren't voted in. You can't be voted out. You weren't enthroned. You can't be dethroned. Light and darkness are equal before you. You are the only wise God. You are the restorer, the redeemer. You are the deliverer, the provider. And why do we do that? Because we're reminding ourselves when our flesh or the, or our soul or just life circumstances try to come and say, hi, I'm higher than God. Hi, this is a big deal. Feel pressure, feel weight, feel overwhelmed. That's when we say no, because I've got a God who's higher than the highest. Even though this thing is trying to present itself as higher than God, my God is higher than that. He's higher than that. And if he's higher than that, he can see farther than this. He is all wisdom. He's the only wise God. And if I'm in him, I have access to the way he thinks. I have access to his mind. I have access to his supply. I have access because I'm in him. I'm not even separated from him. When God looks at me, he sees Jesus. Jesus. And that's a revelation that sounds really big and it sounds overwhelming and almost like we're being sacrilegious when we say it, but it's truth. When God sees us, he sees the blood that was applied to us. I'm not Barrett anymore. I'm Christ who lives in me. I am Christ. And that's reminding myself of, no, you're not bigger than my God. No, this storm, it's not mightier than my God. Jesus told it to stop. So can I. It's that same authority on the inside of me, but it comes through fellowship. It's knowing God. And I mean, I feel like I'd be remiss if we got to the end of this and we didn't talk about David because David is clearly the most famous giant story in the word. But here's the thing. We talk about David And we get to that story where he's facing Goliath, but a lot of times we forget what positioned him there. And it was fellowship. Fellowship positioned him there. He's out taking care of the sheep. He's learning about the Lord. And when he stands in front of David, here's the thing. Let's go to 1 Samuel 17. I'm flipping back. Dun, dun, dun. I almost started singing the Star Wars theme song right there. <laughs> but you get to verse 17. David's there. He's hearing this Goliath talk. He's hearing Goliath mock his God. And he goes, he's talking to Saul. I want to find the exact spot. Verse 41, then the Philistine came on and approached David. So this is after David hears him, hears what the reward is, goes and talks to Saul, rejects Saul's armor, goes up with what was already in his hands. He goes up with a slingshot and he's standing before Goliath with the shield bearer in front of him. Sorry, the Philistine came on and approached David with the shield bearer in front of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, verse 42, he disdained him for he was but a youth. Like he's a little kid. So he's not, he's not like some big grand wise man. He's a youth. He was ready with a handsome appearance. And the Philistine said to David, am I, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? Am I a dog? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine also said to David, come to me and I will give you your, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. This is a giant a giant, like he's massive and he has just taken down everybody else. And here's this youth coming up to him with a slingshot. 
Fear, I'm sure, tried to be there in some way, shape, or form. But here's the thing. David was in the Lord. He knew who his God was. He knew who he served. And you can hear it by how he speaks to him. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you, how? In the name. I come to you in the name. This is before the name of Jesus was even given to him. He came in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. And I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. This is a knowing of God that only comes by intimacy with him. It only comes by intimacy. You see the same thing happen in Matthew 16 where, where Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's like, who do men say that I am? And Peter's answering and he, and he's like, well, Peter, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He knew something about who God was because he had spent time. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because this flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. It was the Lord who revealed himself to Peter. It was the Lord who revealed himself to David. And because the Lord had revealed who he was, they had a supernatural faith, a supernatural ability to face things that others couldn't defeat. They had a supernatural ability to not only face things others couldn't defeat, but to overcome things that others couldn't defeat. I'm getting excited right now because here's the thing. As we abide in God and he abides in us and that supernatural ability comes alive in us, you're going to be able to overcome things that other people can't overcome. You are going to be able to do that. I'm going to be able to do that. And I sense the anointing on that. As I say it, there are giants, there are things set up in your midst, not for you to be defeated by, but for you to overcome and give the glory to the, to God. That's what you're called to do. You're an overcomer. You are an overcomer because the overcomer lives on the inside of you. And as we recognize I'm in him. He's in me. And there is no weapon formed against me that'll prosper. No height, no depth, no thing created, no thing, no weapon, no trial, no tribulation, no persecution, not even death itself can separate me from the Lord, my God. If I'm in him, I'm always in him. If I'm in him, I'm always provided for. If I'm in him, I always win. I will not fail. I will not fail. You can not fail if you're in him. Put that in the comments. I can not fail if I'm in Jesus. I can not fail because I'm in Jesus. And just say that, let it come out. I can not fail because I'm in Jesus. Look, we're in a season right now. The Lord's coming soon. And I'll wrap up with this. The Lord's coming soon. He has a very short amount of time to do all of the things that he has already spoken out that are going to be accomplished here in this earth. There is coming a season where the Lord's going to ask more. You know, he's going to see the people who have been faithful with what, they've, what has been put into their hands. And he's going to call us up higher. 
What does growth feel like? A lot of times growth can feel overwhelming. It can feel big. It can feel like a giant. But here's the thing. God's not going to grow us without the supernatural ability to handle it. If God's called us to it, he's equipped us to do it. If God's called us to it, he's equipped us to do it. There's a grace. There's a grace on today. There's a grace on your life. There's a grace on your calling. There's a grace on who you're called to be. There's a grace. We just need to draw on it and abide in it. Stay with him. Abide with him. Be with him. And in him, we're never going to fail. We're never going to be destroyed. We're never going to be overcome. We win every single time as we're in him. In him, we win. In him, we overcome. In him, we're protected. In him, we're preserved. In him, we're kept. We can't fail if we're in him. You can't fail if you're in him. You can't. It's impossible. It goes against the very nature of God. So why have we seen failure? Because Doubts come because we've stepped out. It doesn't matter the why. What used to be, it's not your story anymore. What used to be your story isn't your story anymore. What used to be my story isn't my story anymore. What used to fit me doesn't fit me anymore. I've grown higher. I've gone up. And so have you. So just because it used to be one way doesn't mean it'll still be that way. The Lord's given us a revelation. I'm in him. And in him, I'm only going to see triumph. In him, I'm only going to see victory. In him, I go higher. And I'm going higher today. Today. You can go higher today. Right now, Lord, I command in the name of Jesus, weights to be broken off of people. Weights to be broken off of people. I see them specifically on shoulders. It's like they're these ugly, nasty rock shoulder pads. And they've just been adding weight and just holding people down. Lord, break them off right now. Destroy them. Break them off their shoulders. Let a phys Lord, I ask if it can be possible to let a physical feeling of relief come upon your people today, just as a sign that you did it. Whether the feeling's there or not, Lord, I give you praise. But if it can be done, I ask that it be done. Lord, give us supernatural relief today. Break those weights. Destroy those chains in the name of Jesus. Yeah, your job, you're anointed to do your job. You're anointed where God's placed you. I can, it's just coming, I believe it's coming up in my spirit about how jobs have been heavy and hurting and weighty. Look, I've had some of that try and come on me. I understand it. It's demonic. You are anointed to do your job. You are anointed to do it well. You are anointed to prosper in the city, in the country, in your coming and your going. So Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, any thought, struggle, stronghold of work being hard and heavy, and even the thoughts of, I can't do it, I'm going to quit, break those now in the name of Jesus. Break them off right now, right now. Right now, Lord, let any power that they had over the minds of your people be destroyed and let the supernatural anointing of God flood our minds 
and bring your supernatural peace. Lord, in you, we don't fear. In you, we only have peace. In you, we are kept. In you, we're preserved. Just start thanking him, Lord. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for preserving me. Thank you. Thank you. It's that Thanksgiving that gives us the key to his presence. Just thank him right now. Lord, I thank you. I receive you, Lord, as promised. I receive your love today. I'm kept in your love. Lord, keep your people in your love today. Keep them. Protect them. Keep them. Protect them. Keep them. Protect them. Protect minds today. Protect minds today. And Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that as you destroy spiritual weight, that physical, okay, now I understand the physical relief. I thank you, Father, that shoulders that have been knotted up, physical pain in people's shoulders and backs from carrying that weight, destroy it now. Let the healing of God come into people's bodies now as we cast our weight onto you. And if you haven't yet, just say, Lord, I cast all my weight. I cast all my care. I refuse to keep it. It's not mine. I step into love with you and I'm not leaving that place. And Lord, as, as your people, Make that heart decision today. I ask that any knots, any any joints that have just been heavy because of tension, I ask that that tension leave now and that backs and shoulders be easy and light. Even cricks and necks, Lord, let those things dissipate in the name of Jesus and let your peace flood their body, their mind, their soul, their physical bodies in Jesus' name. I think that there are going to be people who are watching the word today that have received it and are going to sleep better tonight. That was something that I had to happen with me where my sleep was being disrupted. And I'm not just bringing up stuff that I've dealt with, but I believe what the Lord's showing me is that there's physical things that have been causing us to carry even more. It's like that cycle of pressure, stress, giants, all of those things at a physical can add a physical side to it where we're not sleeping, we're not in rest, we're waking up in the middle of the night. No more. No more. Peaceful night sleep be. You're going to sleep well tonight. You're going to sleep soundly tonight. We are going to receive the peace of God. And it's not going to be for a moment. It's going to last. It's going to endure. And you're going to sleep through the night. You're going to wake up and your body is going to feel better, younger, more refreshed. You're going to hit the ground running. You're going to hit the ground running. Kevin Buck, you're going to hit the ground running. You're going to run. You're going to run. You're going to run. You're going to run. In Jesus' name, you're going to run. And Lord, I thank you. I'm going to run. I received that for myself. I thank you. We're going to run. There's too much to do in 2022 for us to sit still and be scared. No, fear be gone and we're ready to run. We're ready to run. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Let your peace and your supernatural relief flood homes now, flood cars now, flood workplaces now. Lord, do what only you can do now in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. I thank you, God. I thank you that you make things easy. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. 
And I thank you, Lord, that there truly is no struggle. The struggle, the struggle is over. It's over. There's no thing we war with. We're in you. <laughs> you don't war. You win. <laughs> but that I don't war, I win. 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 <laughs> oh, I thank you, Father, for it. Your people are walking into a new level of victory because they're staying in you. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, shakondo. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Father. Oh, thank you. God is so good. So good. I see. I don't war. I win. Kevin said, I will run with the Lord. I don't war. I win. Greg says, I win. Abby says, I receive. Kevin had said up above, I receive it. Amen. It's a good day. And here's, I mean, there are so many more places you can go to in the word to see this. Fellowship with God leads you to win every time. Every single time. You can't fail when you're in him. So today, receive his goodness for you. It's a good day. He's a good God and he is for you. So we just thank you for being on. If this ministered to you, put some hands up in the, in the comment section. Hannah says, praise the Lord. He's a good God. Kevin says, winning. Amen. We are. We are. That's not a flippant thing. We are overwhelmingly conquering. Overwhelmingly conquering. Amen. Ah, oh, so good. I'm so thankful to be on this live stream with you right now where I'm surrounded by people who are overwhelming conquerors. There's no losers on this broadcast right now. You're winning. You are conquerors. What a thrilling, exciting time to be alive with conquerors. Ah, oh, so exciting. I literally just want to stay in this place because I'm so excited, but that's not, that's not the point of this. But <laughs> we're excited to have gotten the word to you today. If this word ministered to you, if you received it, and I'm going to do this as soon as I'm off the screen, we invite you to sow. <laughs> Kevin said, no zeros here. <laughs> we invite you to sow into this word. This is free. We give it to you. We sow it into you because truly we want you to be all that God's called you to be and more. You are designed to conquer. You are designed to thrive. That's who you are. And this is an opportunity to do that. This came, the system of sowing and reaping, God set it up for you. Not for him, not for him, for you. He doesn't need stuff. He can make stuff. Like He could breathe and like out of his nose could come diamonds. Like God can do anything. He doesn't need our stuff. This is a system he created so he could get his stuff to us. As we sow into him, there is no way we can outgive God. He is an abundant Lord and there is no way we will ever outgive him. So as we invest ourselves into him with our seed, with our time, with our money, he is then able to show himself strong for those who love him. So today we invite you to sow. If you received, honor the Lord with that. Ask him, Lord, do you want me to sow? Don't assume one way or another. Ask him. But if he says yes, be obedient. Ask him, <laughs> ask him what to sow. I'm laughing at Kevin's comment. It, I mean, I'm not saying he snorts them. I'm just saying it could happen. But, <laughs> but ask God what to sow. 
And as soon as he speaks to you, move, move, do it right then and there. You'll never, ever, ever outgive God. He's just looking for an opportunity to get even more of his goodness to you. So as you are hearing from the Lord today, we invite you to sow. You can go to giveww.org. You can scan the QR code that's down at the bottom corner, and it'll take you to the link that has all of our giving options. We have cryptocurrency. You can do text to give. If you're on Facebook, you can do hashtag donate. You can mail us a check. You can mail it to P.O. Box 1515, Albemarle, North Carolina, 28002. You can do a whole bunch of stuff. PayPal, it, Venmo, so many different ways. But the most important thing is just be obedient. What he says, do. And that's it. And as we're obedient, he's able to get his goodness to us. That's part of abiding in his love is when we are given a command, we do that command. So let's abide with him today and be obedient. Lord, I thank you for every single seed that is sown today. I thank you for this group of people who are coming up higher because we have received your word today. Your word is life to those who find it, bread to those who eat of it. And Lord, we're not going to have a meal from you and not esteem you for it. Lord, if I'm not going to go to McDonald's and not pay for it, I'm not going to feast and not pay for it. So Lord, I can't buy your word, but I can honor you with it. So Father, in the name of Jesus, as people are honoring you, as we're honoring you with our time, honoring you with our seed, honoring you, Lord, I ask that you bless those who are honoring you. Bless those abundantly. Bless them, God. Let their finances be blessed. Let your anointing come into their boat. As they sow in, let the anointing overflow them, overtake them. May they be blessed quickly. Let it be a quick return, a quick harvest into their hands. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask that this offering be pressed down, shaken together, running over. Let it return back to them quickly. Quickly, quickly, speed it up, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. I thank you for our people. May they be blessed. Every partner with this ministry, let the grace that's upon it come upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we thank you for being on with us today. We love you so much, and we are excited for you to go even higher with God. If you are finished with this video as we're coming up to the end, click on through. We have literally hundreds that'll provoke your faith, cause you to be encouraged. So go ahead, click on another one, and we'll see you next time. We love you. Here's Buddy. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a good broadcast. I'm excited for what God has in store for the rest of the week. It's going to be awesome. Um, but guys, we have a quick announcement for you before we hop off. We want to let you guys know about the ICCF Leadership Conference that's coming up. Uh, it's coming up in Oc the end of October, October 22nd to 23rd in Danville, Virginia. If Honestly, every single one of us um, are called to be disciple makers. We're called to be leaders. That's what leadership is. It's, it's making disciples. And so this conference is, is going to be a powerful conference. Pastor Brian wanted us to encourage you that this is something that, you, that, that would be very beneficial for the body of Christ to be a part of. So we want to invite you. You can register at iccf.us. It's a free conference, and we want to invite you to be a part of this conference. It's a Friday and a Saturday uh, and so, October 22nd to 23rd, uh, you can scan the QR code and that'll take you to the registration. You can also just go to iccf.us and find the, more information there. But guys, we love you. 
uh, thank you so much for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow at 11.30 for Lunch Plus. Have a great Monday.